0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Celtic View podcast, where once again we have a lot to get into on this week's edition because it was another successful weekend for the Celtic teams and we have a big game coming up this weekend as well to look forward to. As well as that, we have an exclusive interview with none other than Patrick Roberts, a man that thrilled so many Celtic fans during his time at the football club and we go back through all of his memories from his two and a half years here at Celtic. First of all, uh, as i joined by our Celtic editor, Paul Cadet. Paul,
1: uh, how was your weekend? It was very good, yeah, Sunday in particular. Yeah, it was a special, special Sweet. Sunday for Celtic. Three games, three victories, we'll get into some of that.
0: Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a big preview, preview to, to, to what's coming up this weekend, weekend as well um, Why yeah. don't we, we start off briefly on just kind yeah. of looking yeah. back At the game on the weekend on Sunday for the first team Which was a, a 2-0 win away to Ross County Probably not a game that we're going to look back on at the end of the season As one that stands out as a real highlight But to be honest at this stage of the season It's the three points that matter, isn't
1: it? I think it's the same every season though those games that that stand out for either brilliant performances or last gas winners last season Ross County was one of those games. I think that was last Sunday's game was just a kind of run of the mill. It, you know, wasn't a great game, but you know we you know we were, If you look at the stats, we were we dominating possession chances. You know, we hit the bar, we hit the post. the keeper had a number of great saves. So you know there was no way we didn't deserve to win, and you know it was just good to get the job done. First game back after the international break. Walton just to keep the one and one going coming into a, a big game this weekend Do you know what I felt really sorry, sorry for him In the, the game on Sunday? It was Greg Taylor obviously he went off with
0: a, a knock but he's, he's probably, probably never going to strike a ball any better with his
1: right foot and to see it cannon <laughs> off the post and then yeah. a, few a few minutes, minutes later he had another, another chance which the keeper keep saved I felt so, so sorry, sorry for him, him. Yeah it was, a, it was a stunning strike actually and you know the keeper who had, I think had, had a decent game for Ross County there was nothing he could have done about that um, so he was really unlucky and obviously his, his replacement steps up with a an absolute belter of a goal. He did indeed. What
0: uh, were your main takeaways from the game? Obviously it was a first start for Awata who I thought was really impressive in midfield. I thought O came on and made a real difference up top as well. What would stand out for you?
1: Yeah, I mean I think that turn just about the halfway line from Joe Harp's clearance O was a, a bit special and uh, it was really unlucky that he did UC you say Glash, Glash, say pass pass ah, sorry, sorry <laughs> pass <laughs> but um, yeah I thought that he was really unlucky not to score um, I thought Alistair Johnson had a great game mm. down the rate as well his pace his strength his delivery into the box was really great and um, you know obviously we got the, the break with the penalties just before the interval um, I always think it's funny I, think, I th- always think managers have to be consistent because obviously a lot of Celtic fans found uh, Malcolm Mackay's comments after the game here where they get a, a really soft penalty and effectively we're saying, you know, it's just one of these things. These things even themselves out over the course of the season. And he it, it wasn't quite saying saying that. Although the most ridiculous thing, I think, in the post-match was uh, one of the, the tabloid newspapers up here. I think their heading was uh, Ross County star's dad in Vard Blast after Celtic penalty. And it was basically, I think, Jordan White, the Ross County player. I think his dad went on to his social media to criticise the decision. And that became a story in the paper. And you think, I sound desperate. I mean, really, you know, it's fair enough of an ex-player or somebody. But you think, well, obviously, he's going to say that anyway. But um, I thought it was a penalty. So.
0: I did think it was a penalty. And do you know what, Paul? So often in Europe, we've talked about VAR and we've complained about it. So it's
1: given us the right decision So let's give it a little bit of credit I think the one thing I think the biggest criticism throughout, Since its introduction And again you saw it on Sunday Is the lack of communication I've it Yeah it was right at the end of the first half You know at first I think people are thinking That was the end of the first half The two managers I think had headed down the tunnel Because they did So there was no communication To tell the fans That there was actually going to be a VAR check for a penalty So I think that really needs to improve in terms of letting people know They're, you know Fans are either going to be happy or unhappy With the decision That's never going to change But at least you know give them the information To let them know what's been checked And when mm, 100% Because
0: that was the same In the game at home Against Hibs The 3-1 victory Where that was not communicated yet To the stadium So we spoke about that before That experience for fans Needs to get better um, Bernabe got his first goal For the, the club And it was an absolutely stunning strike at the end, um, just on Bernabe, he seems, I think we're chatting about it in office uh, this week, about he seems to be improving going forward. You're seeing improvements in his game. I think he's he's definitely come on leaps and bounds from the player
1: they signed. And hopefully that's something now for him, getting his first goal, doing the world too good. Yeah, well, I thought the most telling comment came when you did the interview with the manager after the game, and he said... He's still a young player, and he's still learning our system and how how the manager wants his full-backs to play. Because you know you can get a really even you know you can bring in a really experienced full-back to Celtic, and it would still take them time to adjust. Because there's a very specific way that we play, and the full-backs are absolutely crucial to that. But yeah, I mean, I thought um, even before he scored the goal, it was an absolute cracker of a goal. The keeper didn't have a chance. I thought he was really going forwards um, looking really, really dangerous so I mean that would have done you know, you can see how pleased he was as well so it's always great when you see a, a player scoring the first goal for Celtic as well Yeah, yeah, definitely
0: Which now, getting those three points Paul it leads in very nicely to a game on Saturday at Celtic Park 12.30 kick-off in the derby Before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of, of that game I thought it'd be an opportunity to look back on some of our memories of derby matches. Do you remember your first derby you
1: went to? I do. Unfortunately, um, okay, it's because we lost. It was I was about seventeen or eighteen because my my uh I wasn't allowed to go. My, my my dad wouldn't take me to a Celtic Rangers game when when I was much younger. And it was only once I was old enough to start going with my pals, and so we actually went. It was a game at Ibrox. And we lost 1-0, I think it was Bobby Williamson actually scored the only goal of the game. So that was my my first memory of that, which, which you know, it's never great to lose lose those games. Um, I remember the centenary season games, the important day in particular, obviously he scored in the game at Ibrox when we won 2 one He scored an absolute cracker from the edge of the box to open the score, and Andy Walker got the winner. But the earlier game at New Year... Um, when we won 2 0, and you know, people mostly remember goals and, and spectacular moments, and always think that it's one of the greatest passes that you've ever seen. Where Paul McStay just kind of pivots in the middle of the park and sends this amazing ball through the inside right channel for the overlapping Chris Morris. He plays it into the middle, and Frank McAvaney scores. And it was just that crystallises, particularly for people who didn't see Paul McStay play, weren't lucky enough to see him play live. That was, he was, he was just a, he was the maestro and that kind of, that was a perfect moment in a big, big game. um. So I remember that one, that was, that was a really good game as well. Yeah, my first game that I attended was
0: 2006, uh, started 2006-07 season where we won 2-0 where Thomas Gavison scored and then someone else scored uh, the second goal in that game as well. I'll maybe leave it to you to, to think about that one. Um. Yeah, that was my first experience of it. It was a sunny day, just had an amazing atmosphere. Um, and then that season went on to, to lift the, the league. But I think my first, I've trying to think what my first memory was of a game that I maybe watched prior to that. Um, and so so many of them kind of get morphed into one. Because I, I, all I can really remember is watching a game in Larson scoring. So then you try and like look back to see, okay, what game may that have been? And then you look and you see it's pretty much it could have been any game. So I can't actually remember what my first real standout memory was. Um, Even the season before that, 05-06, the game where Sean Mallory scored um, in the the League Cup. Mm. To win, it was an absolute schemer. I can remember that. I wasn't at the game, but I can remember watching that game and just like the whole aftermath of it and seeing that go and repeat. But yeah, that was my, my first my first game was that game in 2006. Um,
1: have you got a, a favourite goal from a, a game that you've attended? It's got to be Larson. 6-2. The chip. Yep. I mean, that that goal, even now, whenever you watch it, it just takes my breath away. I mean, it's, again, I mean, Henry was just a genius, but that goal, you know, combining with Chris Sutton, but the amount of work he still had to do, and then just to have this, you know, in that heat in the moment, and that fixture, to have the presence of mind and just that split second to be able to chip the ball over the goalkeeper, where most other strikers would have tried to hammer it past them, maybe other scored. It's it's almost like time stands still as that ball was just going over Stefan Kloss and into the net. And it's it's I mean I think any goal that you score in a derby game is always great because you know you know what it means. But that goal always sticks out in my mind. My you figured out who the second goals for was in that game, but Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller. I mean, see, to be fair, Kenny Miller. Uh, you know, he he obviously spent much longer time at Rangers than he did at Celtic, but I would say, you know, you only have to look at Kenny Miller's celebration that day to tell you that he loves scoring and he gave everything when he was at Celtic. You know, I don't think there's any Celtic fan that would ever question his commitment to to Celtic when he was there, and and I think whenever he whether he played for Hibs, whether he played for us, Wolves, Rangers, or Scotland. I, he was just one of those one of those players that just gave everything to whoever he was playing for yeah he certainly got a, a right good hold of the badge when he scored in that absolutely game. yeah <laughs> the jersey looked a wee bit too big for him <laughs> yeah
0: um, favourite goal for myself uh, There's been some good ones hasn't there over over recent years it's I think for me it would probably be Nakamura's goal in the game in 2008 the significance of that game, for one, with it being a night game as well, um, but just the tape you can that. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a goal quite like it ever since or before that, where it, you you maybe see some players score goals like that to some level where they kind of strike across it and it curls, but almost to the point where you think they probably actually didn't mean
1: it. It's just the way that the ball's hit off their foot. But you know... He's, he's meant every single part of that. I have seen, I mean, everybody's seen the footage of some of the adverts that Nakamura did in Japan, where he would be, you know, the big cars passing by and he'd be playing the ball through the window. I mean, the, the, what he could do with the ball was remarkable. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, so many goals Nakamura scored that were great, but yeah, that one was yeah. was a great goal. And I also, I also think as well, sometimes uh, when you're playing nighttime games. It, Against Rangers I think there's something special about a, a Derby game Obviously the lunchtime game And if we won at the weekend it's brilliant But you know When, we've, when we played the, the night time game There's just something really special about that I 100% There's something
0: just about the atmosphere And particularly then when you win those games They just stand out that little bit more Um, like the last game The 3-0-1 midweek we obviously go into a 3-0 lead at half time, and the atmosphere was incredible that night, even before the game, and there was just 60,000 Celtic fans there. But in that game back in 2008, because of what have men in the, the race for the title, winning the game with the Premier's last kick of the ball, or last head of the ball from Hedselink, to, to then go on to beat Rangers again 3-2 uh, and to go on and lift the title, it just sat holds so many good memories. There's just something so special about it, as you say. Um... If you could go back To a Derby match Say one you've attended
1: And one That you wish you'd attended What would you What would you pick? Well there's two games I'd Actually that Immediately spring to mind There was the The game I think In January 1966 When mm. we were on our way To winning The first title Under Jockstein where we won 5-1 And Stevie Chambers Scored a hat-trick I think we might have been losing 1-0 at half-time That would have been great to see And then the nineteen sixty nine Scottish Cup final when we won four 0 and again, um, I think going into that game it was, I'm not sure if I mean we were obviously the best team at the time, but I mean Rangers were very close to us, and I think there was a lot of talk about this was their chance to, to kind of get a trophy, and I remember being lucky enough to speak to Jim Craig about it, and I think they knew Celtic knew that they they were the best team, but they also knew it, with these derby games, you had to. To win the right to play a football And I think he said they went out in the first half And they just made sure I mean we just We blew them away So I'd love to have been At uh, Hamden to see that game You know Some some memorable goals there
0: And what about one that You could revisit again One that you, you already lived
1: I think it would have to be The, the 6-2 yeah. in Martin's first season I think There was You know the result Performance Those first 12 minutes When we were 3-0 up And that, at that moment, and again, I think people, you have to remember that that was a really good Rangers team that we were playing and, you know, they, they fought their way back into the game. But just that, there was just that sense that something had changed when Martin came to Celtic and that crystallised it that day. And obviously that Henrik Gold with the whole, the whole performance, that whole day in the sunshine at Celtic Park. Amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think for myself. Some honourable mentions for games I've not been to. I think 7-1 was obviously the one that sends it. I thought you might have said that. Yeah, I not even... I just immediately <laughs> thought of those two in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, that would have been amazing to have been at to, to see that bit of history. Um, another one that's, that stands out for me, and it's, a, it's an odd one, but it's because I can't remember why I couldn't make the game. And it was the, the one where Mark Wilson scored. It the Scottish Cup, yeah. I can't, I honestly, I can't remember why I couldn't make that game, but for some reason I couldn't. And I I watched the game at home, Um, I don't know if it had something to do with tickets for it or something, because it was Scottish Cup. And I just remember watching it at home, and I felt obviously everything kicked off in that game as well. <laughs> um, and I just remember watching it and being like, oh, I wish I was there. So that's always one uh, I wish I went to. Um, But for me, it would have to be 6-2, really because it's a game that everybody talks about. You're speaking about it already. If I speak to my dad, that's one he would speak about. I've heard so many people's stories about that game that I would have just loved to have been there and, and to have witnessed it. I hear stories about it all the time. There's there's guys that sit near us in, in 104 from Greenock and <laughs> they're always late to the game. And my dad always tells me a story. Could oh, we be like three and a half after 15 minutes? That was about 12 minutes, 12 minutes. Yeah. They came in, half cut, <laughs> sat down, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, why do we want to score?" So my dad's like, oh, do you know?" They're like, "Nah, they're nah, 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 Tell us seriously that. Like, nah, I tell you, do you know? That's why you should always
1: make sure you're there for the start and don't leave before the end. Don't leave before the end. Because it's funny, you could you could actually. I mean, it's it's probably worth a podcast in itself. I mean, everybody would have games because immediately, as I say, those first two sprung to mind: the seven-one game. But then you could go even further back to, you know, the the game where Jimmy Quinn scored the hat trick in the nineteen oh four Scottish Cup final. But then it, it, then I started thinking, why don't you go back to the very beginning? The very first game Celtic played and be one of those two thousand people that saw Celtic's very first game, which is just amazing when we beat Rangers five two. To be at that game, I suppose that is I mean, I suppose that's the ultimate in terms of history. Yeah.
0: For games that have been to the two one game would have been one that we were mentioning in two thousand and eight, um the last minute goal to win it even the game after that then three two because that two one game was obviously so important because it gave us a opportunity to then have a chance of winning the title, but in the game three two, Scott McDonald scores a couple, Barry Robson scores from a penalty as well. That was the one that's like right okay we we've won a game. We now need to back that up and do it again to then go above Rangers um, in the in the title race and then we go in and, and lift the league as well. But in the same time, we had a couple of, we had a couple of in recent years five ones five 0 to win the title. I mean, they win five 0 at Celtic Park against your rivals to win the league. However, I think you know what I'm probably going to say with this. That game still, a, I just get a little bit of annoyance with it because I <laughs> just think, what could have been? I know. See, you saw Liverpool winning 7 0 against Man U. My first thought watching that was, why was that not us? Because we scored our
1: fifth goal after 53 minutes. Yeah. Had one cleared off the line just after it. I just thought we took our foot off the pedal a little bit. It's difficult. I mean, I think in those games, the intensity that we played that day, and then you get to that certain stage, and it's probably hard to to Maintain that because you know you, the, the players are just giving us a- absolutely everything, and I always feel that chance that we scored, we, we that was blocked just after we went five with five nil up. I always feel with that one again, we would have got more because then I think that they, they just that they just give us a wee kick. But it's hard, you know, when you as you say, when you win five nil to on the league, it's hard to to kind of grumble too much to be fair. <laughs> oh, I know you're really really picking there, aren't you? Um.
0: Why we look ahead To this one then On Saturday uh, So we're going into this one Was it eight games left yep. In the season now Nine points clear In the league
1: How big a game Is this on Saturday It's always Every, every derby game I think Is just massive and, and I mean I think Everybody knows that anyway But I remember Earlier in the season When we were talking After the Champions League Draw was made And You know it was that idea You know The, the silly conversations People have With you another, You know if you had the choice, because I think we're playing Rangers just after Real Madrid or before, if you had to choose just one game to win, which would you choose? And there was a debate over, well, how many times you get the chance to beat Real Madrid? So I'll, some people were plumping for that. But actually, I remember my feeling at the Derby game, my feeling at the Real Madrid game, it's completely different. There's the excitement, there's the, the thrill, that still wanting Celtic to win, but the kind of nervousness and the kind of that, you know, non-feeling at the back of your mind when, when you're playing a Derby game is... Can't bear the thought of losing it. Yeah. So there's more significance of that because it has an impact on on the city, on people's daily lives of so family and friends and what, well, obviously not in here, what colleagues, but elsewhere. <laughs> um, so I think it's a, a massive game. It, it, I think it's almost like a standalone. I don't think it matters what happens before, but I think this is a big game in terms of, you know, obviously if we win that this game that we go twelve points clear. So I, I think it may. Dictate how Rangers play the game because they know for them it's play a a one or nothing. Because if if they even if they were to get a draw, nine points behind with seven games to go, it, it makes it very difficult. I think the problem for every team when they play Celtic is you know if you go toe to toe with Celtic, if Celtic if we are if we are at it, then we'll win. You know, and and I think it's the same when we saw that when we played. Real Madrid, you go toe to toe with them and you do really well. But they, there's just a quality there that, um, that that they they showed. So I think it'll be a really interesting game. You're hoping all our players, you know, obviously Greg Taylor recovers from the weekend. You're hoping that, that you know, the, the extra rest that Aaron Moy and Real Hatati and Lila Bada had, that they're all back in. Because when you look at our squad if we're at full strength, it's a pretty formidable squad.
0: And in recent history, in the derby matches, particularly at Celtic Park, we have been just on absolute fire. 4 0 earlier this season, we had the 3 0 game last campaign. Um, the one in between that was a 1 each draw where pretty much the, the title was wrapped, us, uh, wrapped up for us. At that point, even more recently, we had the game at Hamden where we won 2 1 as well. So, recent history is kind of in our favour. And as you mentioned, if we turn up in these games then in any game really then more likely we're going to win but you get a sense in this squad that there's a real excitement when they go into it that they don't get overawed at all by the potential of it being a derby and what happens if you lose a game they actually get excited about it and relish it and take it on
1: and actually the performance level steps up well i think the managers uh, ever since he's come in, whether it's a, a game against Rangers or whether it's you know a big European game or a cup final, he's he's acknowledged that it's different. The build up is different. He you know he's not tried to say well this is just a normal week. We'll just the preparations and the training will be the same because that's obviously that's w- how it works. But he wants the players to embrace the fact that this is a big occasion that you're at a big complex Celtic because you want to play in these games. So I think that helps because then the players know you know and, and they're not trying to underplay it. They know how big the game is I think the dynamic of of the Derby games Changed the last couple of years Obviously with the fact that Effectively You're only playing in front of your home support Now that's brilliant for us At a game like this There is something I think everybody would acknowledge That something You lose something in terms of the Derby When You know for example If we were playing at Ibrox Traditionally you would have The whole of the Broomland Road 28,000 Celtic fans there You know the best place to be If you win Terrible if you lose And vice versa here So I think it changes it, so it makes it even more difficult. I think for the away team because you're you're literally, it just it's the team, the background staff, and that's it. There's no other fans there, so that makes it difficult. I mean, we I think it's still a difficult game. I think that the, you know they're probably the one team that you do you have to be wary of because they have got players that that, that can hurt you, and, and you know they they've been on a decent run of form themselves, so. I think it's a a massive game, there's so much at stake You know, we're so close to retaining the title But you know, this is a big game on on that road So, I mean, I feel fine just now But by Friday or Saturday the nerves will be jangling
0: They always will, when you get into here It's always strange, I feel like, in our point of view In terms of what we do and work Because we'll get into the office And so you get to see them early But then you're just kind of in the office environment and I always feel, for me personally, I don't know what it's like for you, but the nerves don't really start to hit me, because you get to the stadium, this is just a normal office, nothing's really changed, and it is not until you go back out into the concourses and back to get your seat,
1: about half an hour to go, and the stadium's getting full, and then you start to go, oh, this, is, yeah. this is hitting me down. But it used to be where our office is in the Lisbon Lions, underneath the Lisbon Lions stand, and obviously that would be traditionally where the, the Rangers fans would go, so prior to the fact you know prior to the current arrangement you would start to see the opposition fans you could start to hear them you would start to feel the sense even in the office of of there's an atmosphere building Um, obviously it's now it's all Celtic fans but we've seen in recent games it's an unbelievable atmosphere and I think for the players you know when they first experience it I think it's something that, that you know, again it's probably a reminder of why they're here So you're thinking of players Maybe like somebody like Alistair Johnson Who's already played in two derby games but This is his first experience in one at Celtic Park Yeah, you know, And the fact he's You know He comes in and does so well at Ibrox Then does so well in the cup final as well You know he's he'll be relishing that But I think it's always a great experience For the, the new players to, to get a sense of what this is all about Yeah I'm putting my neck out And I'm saying
0: i've got a feel. i've got a feeling always oh, going to come off the bench and score and do some mad celebration or something like that and just go on and bully the rangers defenders going to look brilliant against ross county i've just
1: got this got this feeling i don't know if it's a want for him to do it but I... it's one of you know that way you're going to you know you you want it to be another five no so i know no, but you would take you know it's, it's you know, fans of both clubs would be saying You would take the worst game in the world If you won 1-0 with a fluky goal in the last minute Because it's it's all about It's all about the, the result on the day So you just, you know, as you say There's so much at stake And which is the case in every single game Where there is a derby game So you just hope on the day That, that we are smiling again
0: I guess it's always that argument Like, yeah, would you rather have Like a really, really convincing 4 or 5 nil? Or in a way, is it
1: actually better if you win one 0 with a last minute dodgy penalty. <laughs> no, you would rather because because it's so it's so nerve wracking throughout the whole game. And I think even even in those games that we've spoken about, where you know we've had convincing wins, I, I I'm sure people don't really relax until it gets into the last ten minutes because I think the nature of the of the fixture, and the nature of, of the team are playing, and it'll be the same. You know, if, if another Rangers are, are beating us, you just know that the game's never over because the fans of the opposition and the team, you know, the fans demand, you know, that the team keep going. And so you, you know that the the opposition will keep going, they'll, they'll just not give up. So you have to, whether you're 1-0 ahead or 2 or 3-4, or four, you just, you never settle until it's more or less over. Because, you know, say it's, it's the one team where you, you you'd never never, you know, it's, you're never sure until it's absolutely sure that, you know, you put the game to bed. So I would much rather my levels were slightly settled, but you just you you can't predict in terms of what's going to happen. Well, I'm going to try and predict, and
0: I think it's two nil, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and always going to goal off the bench and and score it at the end as well.
1: That's what I'm going for. Have you got any thoughts? I'm going to go for two 0 actually. Two 0 Kyogo is going to score again, and yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give you your own goal. that would be, nice. nice. be nice to see. You. Absolutely. Nice. Well, let's
0: actually look back on again in some of the. The past Derby game, some of the big Derby victories in recent times with Patrick Roberts, who sat down, he's obviously now at Sunderland, he's enjoying life there at the moment, he's back playing well in form and scoring goals. Um, but yeah, he sat down for a good half an hour to look back in his Celtic journey, which I think we all remember so fondly. What better way to kick start our Derby weekend by hearing from Patrick Roberts as he looks back in his own memories of the Derby as well, with a couple of 5-1 victories in there, which I think everybody remembers so fondly. So yeah, enjoy this interview with, with Patrick Roberts. And when we come back, we will be looking back on the B team's very own Derby victory and looking ahead to their fixtures and looking back on the women's. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Celtic View podcast. And we've got another really exciting guest for you this time around, it's a man that signed for Celtic in February 2016 and had initially an 18-month loan spell where he absolutely excelled in that right-hand flank and was part of a team that helped us go invincible before re-signing for the club and another loan spell and I think over that two and a half years the Celtic fans really took this man to their hearts, it is none other than Patrick Roberts, Patrick how are we?
2: I'm very good thank you. Very good. How
0: are you? It's great to it's great to hear from you. Hopefully, it's a a chance to go back over some very happy memories for you. Um, but you're at, it's Sunderland now, Patrick. How how are you enjoying things there?
2: Yeah, I'm loving it. You know, it's um, you know, it's a it's a big club in itself down here. Like obviously you guys up there, and you know, there's a lot of expectation and a lot of um ambitions. Obviously, go up and go through the leagues, and you know, someone someone I enjoy, someone I've enjoyed since I was a kid. So. Just to be a part of something uh, it has been great and I'm, I'm just enjoying my time at the minute.
0: It seems to have been a really good fit for you because I think you joined towards the tail end of last season when the club won promotion to League One. Has it just been a really good fit, the club, for you?
2: Yeah, I think the turnaround obviously when I came and to now we've kind of gone on a little journey. I've only been here a year but, you know, getting promoted and then doing well in the championship at the minute and you know, competing at that level again. I think most of the fans here wanted is you know it's, it's been it's been great and you know I'm thoroughly enjoying it and you know more the more football I get the more you know you do enjoy it as a player anyway. So it's um yeah it's just going from shrimp to shrimp and uh, hopefully more to come.
0: Superb, that's great. Well, we're here, Patrick, to talk all things Celtic, and before we get into the start of your career, I'm wondering is. I take it, is it still a club that you're following? Do you still watch games? Have you been keeping up to date with this current crop of players? Yeah, from time to
2: time, I watch the, you know, the odd game and they're always on TV. So it was, it was like when I was there, you always get a Sunday. So if i off on a Sunday, they'll be on at 12 o'clock or something or, you know, during the week when there was obviously in Europe and stuff. And yeah, I try and keep up. It's a different, different group nowadays than when I was there. Um There's not many, I don't think that's still there when I was there. So... You know, it's all different now, but, you know, you keep an eye on it and, you know, always look out for the games and, you know, especially when the, the big ones come around, you you keep an eye and watch it. So, um, yeah, I always keep trying to keep my best to to look out for them.
0: Well, let's go back to when you signed from Celtic. Initially, it was a 18-month loan deal from Manchester City. I can't believe it's seven years, Patrick, since you signed. Take us back to that moment and what it was like, what what your first memories are of coming into the club.
2: Um, oh, God, it was... Yeah, seven years seems, you know, surreal, really. I can't imagine it's been that long. But um yeah, like from the first day I got there was um it was a big break for me at the time, you know, similar to when I came here as a transition period. So, you know, we obviously Ronnie Dyler was a manager and you know, a lot of things going around at the time and I kind of came in not really having any worries or any pressure. And you know, you you get you get used to it after a while and you see how big the club is and how everyone wants to do so well and how everyone wants to achieve so much and kind of just fitted straight into that and the first first few games I wasn't really playing and then I got into it towards the back end and you know really enjoy it and really took to it and I think the fans did as well and kind of knew I was there for 18 months. So it was easier for me to kind of get used to that first six months and then when obviously Brandon Rodgers came in really attack it in preseason which was um which was important for me, which is the first preseason I've had now was the last one I had it was at Celtic. So the first proper kind of running in the off season and, you know, we just went from there. And yeah, it was at the time it was massive and, you know, I was really obviously looking forward to it and I just wanted to do as, as well as I could. And I didn't, didn't think I would, um you know, to go on to achieve what what we did. And, you know, I'm very proud of that. And it's probably one of the things I always look back into. And one of the best things I, I did for my career was was go there and, you know, I really, really enjoyed it.
0: So take us into when you were signing for the club. You were at Manchester City, having started off at Fulham. So clearly, an opportunity there to try and get some real minutes under your belt. Was it always Celtic, or were there other clubs interested at that time? And when Celtic then did come in, was it a bit of a, a no-brainer?
2: I spoke to Ronnie at the time, and you know, and he really wanted me, and you know, coming in, just wanted to kind of let me come and express myself at such a young age. I think I was only. 18 19 so to come into a big club like that to try and do my best and just enjoy it and you know make the fans enjoy it as well and didn't have anything else in my mind but to to go and win some games and you know before you know it seven years down the line it's you still look back and you still think it's one of your best times in your career and that's what clubs like Celtic do for you and you know it was a it was a pleasure to play for them and you know like I said I've always always looked back and thought it was a one of the best decisions I've done and you can look now and I'd you know, be happy you've done it and you can see where they are now as a club and you know, it's a huge club and you know, just like I said, just to be a part of it is special enough and to do what we did was even even more special and something that you can uh, hold on to for the rest of your life.
0: How did you find that transition when you first came in? Because as you mentioned, it took a little bit of time before you really started to find your feet and get into goal scoring form. So, was there a period of of change for you and in coming into this new environment? And tell us a little bit about the group that you came into as well.
2: Yeah, I think it was a. It's the competition in the group was was huge as as a whole. It was my first proper. and I know it was at Fulham, but it was my first proper season where it was a professional, like a proper f- professional league and professional professional starting. And you know they gave me that platform, all I could do was do my best. And you know you come to a team and a club, and there's so, already so many good players, homegrown players, and it's sometimes hard to get in so I had to wait my chance but I can't always back my ability even when I was younger and I thought if I get a chance I've got to take it and you know after the first few games you know like you settle in more and you start to enjoy it and start to get the feel of the club and what it's like to play for the, for a big club and you know I just went from there but transition for me was just to go and not have any pressure and not have any fears of what, what was going to happen and just to make the most of it as best I could, and um, I thought I did that.
0: Your first big moment in a Celtic shirt, I think you scored a, a double and a 3-1-1 against Hearts at Celtic Park. That really seemed to be the moment where you were starting to establish yourself and Celtic fans were starting to really see how promising a talent you were. Take us back to, to that day and getting your first goals and how big a moment that was for you.
2: Oh, it's huge! It wasn't just my first goal for Celtic; it was my first goal in professional football. So, you know, to to join the two was amazing, and my dad was there. And I think after the match, I, you know, you score one goal, it's, it's it's great to to score two on that day. I thought, wow! My, like I said, my dad was there, and he couldn't he couldn't be more happier for me, and he was over the moon. And just see the reaction afterwards, and you know, we won that game as well, and it was two crucial goals. So it just it just set me on my way, I think, and. I went on to score a few more that season, and you know, it's just it was a starting point that I really needed to get off my back, and yeah, to to see what it meant to obviously other people as well, and to the fans that it took to me so well, and I'm always grateful for that, and yeah, I've always thought of it as a starting point in my career, and I'm forever grateful to to have it, obviously at Celtic Park itself, and for obviously Celtic.
0: Yeah, as you said, you went on a bit of a a goal scoring run at the end of that 2015 16 season. I think you scored against Hearts again at Tynecastle. You always seem to score against them, um, score a couple at home against Aberdeen. One of those goals in particular was an absolute screamer. What do you remember about those?
2: I remember because I, I was with um, Graeme Shinney at Derby not not so long, ago, a couple of years ago, and I remember that goal sticks in my mind. He, he mentioned it to me as well because I ran past him and uh, <laughs> uh, stuck into the top corner. So, um, yeah, that's why I, I enjoyed doing that kind of stuff and... You know, you, you, you get the feel of that confidence and obviously from the Hearts game, you bring it on more and at some point you feel like you can score in every match and at the time that's what I felt like. So it was every time I got on that pitch, I just wanted to do something and obviously they gave me the freedom to do that and gave me the license to do that and, you know, that's what these clubs do. They give you that, that platform to go and enjoy and play and score goals and, you know, add that as Celtic and, you know, I never looked back since after that and, yeah, the um, moments were special, very special.
0: So at the end of that season, we obviously we lifted the league title. I think you scored again in the day that we, we lifted the league in a 7-0 win against Motherwell. Ronnie Dyler leaves the club during that summer and Brendan Rogers comes in. Take us back to that summer and for yourself, having come off that good period of scoring goals, I'm sure you were full of confidence. What was that pre-season like and what was changing under Brendan that then made us go on to have such a successful period?
2: I think just the manner, you know, the manner he was, a lot of players would say the same when he came in, you could see a sense of, like, change and uplift and a different kind of tempo and throughout the club and throughout the players. And you know, working first hand, you could see that. I don't think we had a bad day throughout my time being with him there in training or games. And he had that kind of expectation for us as players, but at the same, same breath, he kind of knew how to manage him And, you know to get the best out of them and first first five, I think he might have said a few times because he if I wasn't on an 18-month contract it might have been different if I was in at the end of the season it would have probably been different because I know it was at 18 months I had that time to make a first impression and you know that's important for any player in a, in a club you know even loan or signed they need that first impression with the manager and he came in and you know did what I did from the previous season and he took to it and um you know, he, he was a refresher for me, my career and obviously for Celtic at the time as well. And, you know, with the players around me and the players in in the club, we, we went on to to do something really, really special. And that all came I think from the manager and his um you know, his his mentality throughout coming in through the door and he set that into us as players and we just went on, and kicked on and, you know, believed we could achieve anything.
0: The manager made quite a lot of changes to the squad. And that summer, bringing in the likes of Mr. Dembele, someone who you knew as well from Fulham. What players and what was what was training like during that time under Brendan, and what kind of players stood out for you, both in terms of ability and also in terms of the characters off the park as well? Can I imagine it was a, a lively dressing room.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun. I, it was like I said, it was my first my first real test. And you know, you, you know, obviously Bruni and Aaron and. Griffiths and the likes, and Mika Lustig, and they're all big names and big players, and you know you want to kind of, you know, make a good first impression with them. And training was always intense. Used to get kicked a lot. See Isigiri was there, FA was there, and it was it's quite intense. And he, he kind of brought that into the club and made every training session kind of count. And he was used to say to me, "Train how you play, and if you're not training well and, and during the week, you're gonna be, you know, not great enough." in different words, you're not gonna be great on the on the weekend. So he, he was installed down to every player, no matter who they were, just the train as you play. And he brought that in from the first minute and it was yeah, it was it was it was good. The training was good. And then when we got to games we knew what it was doing and there's a lot of players that stood out. It was a long time ago now Moose obviously I knew coming in, so I knew what he was about. You know got Tom logic you know he was he was there a long time and then he really when Brendan came in really stepped up and I thought he was um unbelievable player for the size he was and you know you could see it back end of when I was there he had unbelievable feet so all these different types of players and you just got to play with them and enjoy them And obviously Scotty came in Sinclair still keep in touch with Scotty and you know we we brought players in that could you know compliment the whole team and I thought that was the right recruitment and you know it just helps everyone in in the squad get the better out of each other especially with a big squad you know training's always high because there's a lot of players a lot of games a a lot of players and Keeps the competition high, like I said, so and everyone everyone's out of their game and it was just kind of everyone feeding off each other and you come to match day and it was, you were hitting four or five and it was quite normal and you'd be quite disappointed if you didn't, you know, get more and that's the mentality he brought and it's the players kind of brought into that and made it a successful season.
0: Yeah, we remember all the success in that season, but things didn't get off to the best to start. did what What do you remember of that opening game against Lincoln Redimps?
2: The thing is, I don't I don't think I played in that game. I think um I remember going to it, I thought, oh, okay. And then went to the pitch, and it was obviously the pitch wasn't great. You know, the surroundings weren't great. And, and we lost one nil. I think everyone thought, bloody hell, <laughs> what's gonna happen? And then we kind of got back and then we played them at home. I think I started that game, I scored in that game. And when we was at Celtic Park, it was different. You could see a kind of different mentality. I just think because it was the first game. It was just one of them. You not many managers have a good first game. It's quite it's quite odd. So we didn't think too much into it. But yeah, it was um it was a shock to the system. But when we got back to Parkhead, it was um it's a much different story and everyone calmed down a bit and and you know, I think after that we went, you know, we smashed it really. But um yeah, it's always nervy the first few weeks, but we got out of the way, so it was good.
0: Yeah, I mean we were fine after that and that, you know, when that you scored then helped us in our way to then. Progress into the Champions League, where we met Barcelona and München Gladbach, and the team that was your parent club at the time, Manchester City. Talk to us about your memories of playing in the Champions League at Celtic, and also playing against your parent club. I know you eventually scored against them at the Etihad. It must have been quite a strange experience.
2: Yes, yeah, weird. I don't think many many players get to experience that. Um... Yeah, when the draw comes out, I mean, it was a few years, obviously, since being around it. And now you have three big clubs, obviously, in their own right. And we knew it was going to be tough, but I think we we took to it quite, quite well. The tactics are spot on in most games. And, you know, sometimes when you play against certain teams like Barcelona, it's kind of impossible sometimes to stop even, no matter how hard you try. and But it's just nice to experience it. And, you know, when we brought them back to our place, it was always going to be tough and... I think teams found it really, really, really tough to come against us. And that's what we wanted to make it like. And it's always been a force in European football throughout the years. And we kind of wanted to try and do that. See, so it's hard these days with the, you know, with the finances and football and what people can obviously make in football now. So it's always players growing and there's some unbelievable footballers out there. So it is, can be tough, but you need to obviously make a fortress at home. And I thought we tried to do that and we tried to make it tough. And in the end, obviously, it was. It was a tough arse, but just to experience it itself was amazing. And yeah, to score the Etihad was, was strange, but I enjoyed it, enjoyed that one quite a bit. And um, yeah, it was nice. And it was a, it was a nice role to let me play as well. I think that's quite nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the first game, the three each against Manchester City, I don't know what your recollections are of it, but for me, that was 100% one of the noisiest. I've heard Celtic Park prior to a match, atmosphere was incredible on that occasion. And to go toe-to-toe with a Pep Guardiola side, I mean, I, I think Celtic's one of the only teams that Pep Guardiola hasn't defeated as a manager. Take, take us back to, to that day and what your memories are of it and just the atmosphere in general at Celtic Park and Champions League nights.
2: Yeah, I remember that day because I went into the... I went to see some of the players, obviously, after the after the game and they, they couldn't believe it either, the, uh, the Man City players. And, I don't think i mean i I was the first taste of it but it was phenomenal i mean i don't think they could believe what hit them really and then we scored a set piece i remember the set piece we worked on we scored from that and i think it kind of shocked them a little bit and then after that it was just end-to-end stuff and you know it's it was one of them them nights you kind of look back and think wow and then ever since then obviously that that place has been rocking since in, in europe and that's where you've got to make it. Like I said, you've got to make it tough for opponents to come and not make it easy. And sometimes the quality outweighs that, but, you know, the fans always brought that and they always brought that intense, intenseness to the away fans and the away players. And that's what it needed to be done. And, you know, unfortunately, like I said, we didn't go over the line in that sense, but an experience in itself was amazing. And, you know, it's no better club to do it at. really.
0: I mean, we'd probably be here for hours, Patrick, if we were to go through all the big moments in that season, because there's just so many. I mean, the, the 2-5-1 games, um, the cup finals, everything basically in, in that season was just incredible. From yourself as well, particularly towards the back end of that season, you were scoring tons of goals. Um, remember the game against Partick Thistle, we scored a couple. But I just wanted to ask you what memories really stand out for you personally in that season and as well as the collective?
2: Uh, ooh, Champions League, definitely. The games, you know, the the biggest ones. Um but the cup final for me stood out quite a lot. Was Tom, Tom ran past me to score the goal. I was I was begging for him to pass me the ball and he just kept going and scored. And I don't think I've celebrated that like that in, in a long time. It was um you know, when he ran off to celebrate, it was incredible. I couldn't believe it. I was at the it was the last game of the season, last kick of the ball and Things like that sticking in your memory for a long time. And it was just to cap off a season, and, you know, invincible and, and the treble is, um, yeah, not not many people forget and celebrations afterwards. And it was a, we got on the bus, I think, and we drove all the way back to Celtic Park and it was thousands of people. You know, we couldn't go very far. We can only go to Hamden to Celtic Park. But the amount of people on the street was incredible. And we walked up to Celtic Park. And, you know there was yeah, a thousand people there. Yeah, it was incredible. And you know, them them things you can't you can't forget and they they stick with you for a long time.
0: What I wanted to, to ask was because at the end to that season you were starting to score lots of goals and basically all the chat I think from February onwards was Are we going to keep this guy? Is Patrick Roberts gonna stay at Celtic? And there was such a clamor for you. At what point did you kind of make a decision where you thought, this is a place I want to to be next season? How much did the fans influence that? Or was it something that was just kind of dragging on all summer and you didn't really know what was going to be happening?
2: Yeah, well, the problem I've got is I wasn't obviously, at the time, I wasn't owned by. So, for me, I wanted um, to know that in my head. Um, I spoke to the manager and I wanted to do that, but at the end of the day, sometimes, it's not always what I want to do so at the same time I you know I couldn't kind of do certain things and it kind of just had to wait and see like I said to you pre-seasons are important so the more I waited kind of didn't help things and the more it went on and went on and went on you know it got right down to the end and you know it kind of took a few months but I knew where I wanted to be and I wanted to come back and obviously the second season wasn't as successful as the first one but you know, that was always my idea of wanting to come back and I you know, always wanted to play for Celtic so kind of got that in the end but maybe it was a little too late for obviously starting up again and I got injured and stuff but from that time I, I from when I finished I kind of wanted to go back and like I said not much I can obviously say but there's things in football where you can't obviously do much about and that's just one of them and you know comes across maybe easy to to some fans for things to happen but it's not it's not it's not the same thing, and um, yeah, playing for Celtic was always a privilege and a pleasure, and I uh, never turned it down, and never have turned it down. So, um, or got that I've been given the opportunity to do so anyway, and um, yeah, going back the second time was great. Obviously, it didn't pan out the way it was, but like I said, it was a privilege to play for Celtic, and I enjoyed every minute that I put on a green shirt.
0: There was so much hype though that summer. I mean, take us into what it was like for you personally. Was your phone just constantly blown up with messages from Celtic fans?
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Social media and stuff. I also had a few few friends there and kind of like you can't really say too much. Do you know what I mean? So it's like yeah, you're keeping your mouth shut and just getting on with your business. And I was in pre-season at the time. I think I was in many different places. And, you know, it just, it just took a while to kind of get, get done and get over the line. So it was a bit you know, frustrating at the same time, but at the same time, you've got a job to do and you've got to be professional and do what, do what you can where you are at the, at the present moment. So that's all I was doing. And it was just nice to get it done in the end and, you know, get back and get back to business. But um, yeah, it was mayhem. It's always carnage in, in the off-season and the pre-season is mayhem, especially for players going out on loan or getting sold or whatever. It's, uh, it's not, not a nice place to be sometimes.
0: Yeah, I can imagine I mean, I know as you said, the second season for you personally, maybe wasn't as strong as the season prior, injuries didn't help that at all, but there were still some really big moments. You are still part of a double treble team, scored in the Champions League against Anderlecht. I remember your performance against Rangers in the Derby at Ibrook's 1-2-0 was incredible. So just talk us through some of the, the moments that stand out for you during that second season.
2: Yeah, uh, just I think everything about it. I mean going back to back, you know, win the treble again and just the, the way we kind of kicked on from the last season. And um, you know, teams are trying to get stronger, but we was kind of even even stronger ourselves. And you know, you, you just you take that in stride and you take that moments and you don't look back really and you, you kind of just enjoy every moment. Um I remember that Rangers game, I fucking got the, got the man of match that game, so I've still got the champagne somewhere and um yeah, they were just big, big moments that I lived for in them games and, you know, I just obviously annoyed by injury and stuff, but you can't take with the fact, obviously, achieving so much there and, you know, to, to win as many trophies as I did for that club was it's amazing, personally, for myself and, yeah, something that lives by me until this day and, you know, like I said, it's a privilege to play for and enjoyed every minute of it and, you know, just got to look back and enjoy them things.
0: yeah. In terms of some of the the personalities in that changing room of course so much was made about your friendship with Kieran Tierney during the time we also you had his shirt during the Scottish Cup final on because he got taken to to hospital Um just tell us a little bit about your relationship with Kieran um, and, and some of the other players you were you were close with as well and if you're still keeping in touch with him.
2: Yeah I think it's just like I said when he came in he was you know, he's was, he was, he was only my age, so he's the same age. And when he came through, he was a homegrown player. I came in, obviously, from Man City. So it was, it was different kind of journeys. But, you know, I just we sat next to each other in the change room, got on well. And I could see what it was like as a personality. He got my banter, and I got his. And we just made a great friendship off the pitch and, you know, on the pitch as well. And, you know, we just enjoyed our company and we just got on really well. And. Same with some of the other lads, it was a great group at the time. I uh, used to live near, used to live on down below from near Beaton as well. Who, who, helped me a lot. He was um obviously there a long time and he was settled me in as well. And just everyone there, part of that club was you know great with me. But a few lads, obviously Kieran here and see Scott Scott Brown, Scotty Sinclair, they're all you know they're all great with me and they you know, really really my time. They're enjoyable off the pitch as well as on the pitch, and that's what we ask for in, in any team, especially like the one I'm in now as well, you need you need good friends off the pitch as well as on the pitch and you create that that relationship so good that when you're on the pitch, it's like your friends and your brothers and you, you fight for each other no matter what and that's what we had at the time and yeah, we're just a great group of lads that enjoyed playing football, enjoyed winning and that's what we tried to do every week and I thought we did that and we excelled to to be the best we could and like I said, that comes from being good friends off the pitch and having a good relationship off the pitch.
0: And you still have links with the current Celtic team. Is it right that you went to school with Matt O'Reilly?
2: Yeah, yeah. We um, Matt was at Fulham. So I used to see him when I was younger. So, um, yeah, I, he obviously played using MK and I seen him go up there and I thought, oh, wow, I'm sure he'll enjoy it. And um, yeah, I see him taken to him quite well as well. And he's a, he's a good player. I only knew him when I was really young and I left obviously quite early, so I didn't get to see him kind of in the in the ranks at Fulham, but I was knew of him. I knew he was a good player. And uh, it's good to see that he's doing really well up there and, you know, he's enjoying his football and following kind of what I did, enjoying it and just playing without fear and having the expectation and going going to do some good stuff. So glad you guys are enjoying that.
0: Yeah. Another left footed wizard that's come from Fulham up to Celtic. There must be something in the water down there, Patrick. Um just to, to finish on <laughs> just to finish on Patrick, what we always do when we have guests on is go through some quickfire questions um just to find out a little bit more about yourself and your teammates from your from your time at Celtic if if that's okay. Um so just to start off with, who would you say was the, the funniest teammate during your time at the club? Funniest.
2: oh Me, uh Lustig's up there, Luster. He was a uh, he was a he was a class clown, I think, at times. Um lot of funny lads, but I think yeah, Lusto's up there. He was funny.
0: Anything stand out of what he'd done? Any any memories?
2: Just every day was just laughing ban And his I think the best thing about him is laugh. So like he'd laugh at his own joke and it'd just make it even funnier. So uh,
0: who was the best technician in the team? Like the best the player you'd look at and just think, wow, like you can't believe what they can do with a ball. I'm sure people said that about you, but who would you say?
2: Um Tom. Tom was a, a real technician. Like I said, with the size of him, you, you don't really expect it, but when you see him on the ball, and what he can do is yeah, Tom Roderick's up there. He's probably the best.
0: Yeah, good shot. What was the favorite your favorite goal that you scored during your time at Celtic?
2: Favourite goal? The one at Tynecastle? Yeah. Played striker that there.
0: Yeah. You, you loved scoring at Tynecastle and against Arts, it was just that one team you always scored against.
2: I think it was to win the league as well, something. So it was it's quite a big goal and I really enjoyed that one.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite goal that you saw from someone else during your time at Celtic? Favourite goal. It was
2: like a hundred that season or two hundred Yeah. Um
0: No. Nah, maybe something for like a... Obviously maybe Roderick's in the Scottish Cup. But yeah, he, no scored a few,
2: but he scored a few bangers. So they all just come into one, really. They, yeah. Non- yeah
0: one. Um, anything Tom
2: Roderick. Anything Tom Roderick, yeah. I was a screamer.
0: <laughs> what, was the, what was the best game would you say that you played in during your time at Celtic? And that can be for atmosphere or for performance or just something that comes to mind.
2: Best game? We want the five-one win. It was a good game, and Lucio scored at the end.
0: Yeah. yeah. Game. What, what would they like to play in, particularly during that time? The games at Ibrox, you had eight thousand odd Celtic fans behind the goal. Yeah, like... that was.
2: Yeah, that was the times when it was probably the best. That was a. Yeah, that was a great day. Even yeah. Aberdeen away, Aberdeen away, we were like 4 0 up after twenty minutes. I remember that. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> like 4 0 and um, yeah, 25 minutes on the clock, and I don't think any of us could believe it was the scoreline. And it was like, probably after that, just cruise control. So, performance wise, you know, one of them games was just incredible.
0: Yeah. Two more. Um, best atmosphere you experienced during your time at Celtic? Best
2: atmosphere. Oh, God. Obviously, the big games that they're. Even the last game of the season when the TIFO was out in its heart, I mean that was the first season.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. The end of the first season for the Lisbon Lions.
2: Yeah, I've got a picture of that. I think I've seen that somewhere. That was very good. Half the time you can't remember the atmosphere because it's always kind of the same every kind of game. They're always loud and proud and so, you know, the, every game is more or less the same, but... Hamden games, I thought Hamden games were good sometimes, you know, the way they were loud the first on a few, the first final was loud and and you could say any game to be honest. Even <laughs> they the week. Crazy.
0: Just as a kind of overarching question, how do you look back on your time at Celtic? What what comes to mind with the fans and the club and, and the memories that stand out for you?
2: Uh, like a second home, I'd say. So you could put two words to it. Um, you know, it's one of them clubs you kind of you play for and always stick stick by you forever, and um, you know from minute one, I, I love my time there, and it just got better and better throughout the years, and you know, there's like you said, there's no place like like it really, and you know, or just a, yeah, second home, and just heard it, you know. Not much to describe it really, just, you know, you just have a great time and especially for me, it was just a wonderful time in my career and you know, I look back and, and like I said, it's a privilege to play for them and, you know, coming to now, you bring it to now, the experience is now and I'm loving my time here as well. So, you know, but my first, first professional kind of club and first proper real, you know, first team men's football environment, couldn't ask for anything better and uh, I loved it.
0: Patrick, we well, really appreciate you taking out the time and sitting down with us at the Celtic View podcast to go back through it all. It's left some amazing memories during your two and a half years here and I'm sure the Celtic fans will all absolutely love hearing from you again and, and talking over through them so thank you so much and all the best for the rest of the season at Sunderland and hopefully we'll get to see you one day back up at Celtic Park.
2: Cheers mate, thank you, appreciate that have a good one.
0: Yeah, there we have it. That was Patrick Roberts, a uh, good two and a half years at the club but you kind of mentioned there, Paul, his, his last year obviously didn't go as well as he would have hoped for after re-signing and the whole clamour that summer about getting back in. He was curtailed a bit by injuries but on his day, I mean, what a player he was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes I sometimes wonder if, you know, like for certain players it's like a kind of case of what if, you know, like if it stayed with us even longer you know, would that have been a better move for him rather than, you know, it was difficult for him because he was going from club to club trying to find a permanent place for his career. Um, But when he was here, yeah, I mean, he excited, you know, a a lot of fans just with the way he played. He was quite, you know, kind of an exciting winger and um, seemed to embrace life at Celtic as well, which again was really good that, you know, he obviously came at a good time, the way we were playing. And you know It just seemed to fit in really well And that cup final The Invincible Treble one I think people always remember You know obviously was at Getting poleaxed And having to go away To get some dental treatment And coming back And Patrick Roberts having The the stripping tribute for him Before the The kind of The bromance was really He did the hamden pitch But no he was You know he did really well for us When he was here And relating it back to Derby matches I
0: remember during last summer 2017 I was definitely one of those That was just Constantly checking to see when it was happening, is the deal was going to happen. Um, that first derby match of 2017-18, seventeen, eighteen, he'd just come back into the team, and he was amazing. Ibrox to give me one two 0 He set up both goals. Although the first one for Roger was more of a kind of miss hit shot, I think there's Zen Folsom, but in the second goal, the pass through to Lee Griffiths. I remember at that time thinking all oh, the... Roberts is going to be amazing for us this season because of the way he's playing and just unfortunate injuries but as we look back on there as we touched on still so many amazing memories to look back on and still so fondly remembered so it's great to see him doing well now at Sunderland Um, the B team Paul keeping with the theme of derbies and derby victories they had their very own special derby winning Sunday at Ivericks 3-1 two goals from Quinn one from Adam Brooks as well. Rangers were just eight men in that game. Uh, but what a victory for them. What a special experience for them to go there and win. And it's just, as they're getting right towards the end of the, their campaign, it just kind of tops off what's, what's been a really incredible season for them in terms of those experiences that they're getting.
1: I thought I thought the, the performance and the result, you know, it was great credit to, to everyone with the B team. You know, when you think of, of the, going into the game, you know, two of the players that probably have started for the B team, Ben Summers and, and Rocco Vata, they were missing because they were, you know, with the first team and it was great to see Rocco coming on at the end of the game against Ross County. So, that was two probably players that they would have picked. They are obviously going away, playing against a, you know, playing a, with a crowd there that would have been, you know, mostly supporting the home team. You know, still a very young team and, they went a goal behind, but still bounced back. Obviously, Rangers had their goalkeeper sent off for handling the ball outside the box. So with the 10 men, we got the goal just before the break. And I think, obviously, we then took advantage of the fact with the 10 men, we get the goals. And then I think that's when the frustration maybe for the home side boiled over. There was I think the first sending off was just a second yellow card. And then at that point, they were down to nine men. When it went to eight men, it was just a really, you know, a rush of blood to the head a really bad tackle on and, and Matthew Anderson that deserved a, a straight red but I think it was a good a good learning experience for, for the Celtic players as well because they had to remain you know keep their own discipline as well keep their own shape and keep focus on what they were doing because when all those things are happening they could easily get knocked off their rhythm but you know a, a, great, a great win for them and I'm sure uh, Steve McManus and the Day would have been absolutely delighted with how the team performed I mean, it doesn't get
0: much better to have that opportunity to play here at Celtic Park and won 5 2 against Rangers, winning there as well. It actually keeps, for Celtic in general this season, from the first team, the women's team and the B team, not one of them have lost in a derby match this season, so proud for them to, to keep that record going. But in terms of that development point of view, as you're talking about being able to keep your head in those situations, if they want to progress and play into the first team, they're going to have to go to Ibrooks and learn how to win and learn how to win in those occasions where things, we've seen it so often, you know, you think of the game where we won 3-2 at Ibrox, um in 2018 where Simonovic gets sent off learning how to deal with moments where red cards happen, where penalties happen, because these games can change just in an instance like that. So that's only going to do them the world of good.
1: Yeah, and it's a big. It's one of those games. I'd imagine that they've been assessed. I mean, I suppose they've been assessed in every single game, but those are the big games and that atmosphere. How do they respond to that? And they are so close. I mean, they've still got a long way to go on their journey. But you know, given the fact that two of their teammates were in the first team squad at the weekend, Boston Law's also made his first team debut. That they you know, they're, they're not that far away. Some of them have been training uh, regularly or, or intermittently with the first team as well. So they're they're ultimately looking to to push on, and if they can perform in that stage and do well, then that's what maybe catches the attention of of others, you know, in, in the club. So, and and also just the fact that you know I'm sure, I mean that that team is just littered with Celtic fans. So to to win a derby game as a Celtic player, you know, must be you know the best feeling. Oh, I know it'd be incredible. It's. You're so true though because
0: um, that just made me think of a point when you were mentioning about where they're getting assessed because when we spoke to Callan McGregor for this most recent edition of The View and we looked back and his Youth Cup finals and, and games at an early stage, of his career in the academy and that's what he said. He said, when you get to the Cup finals at youth games but also when you get to those derby matches those are the games that you are assessed where people are going to look at you and say okay how are you going to handle this occasion because when you come into the first team environment it's going to be that
1: times the 100 and they're proving that this season the B team. I mean it must be the most difficult game for the young players because they're trying to strike that balance because you don't want to come into a game like that and be overawed and then the game passes you by and then that's when maybe people are thinking can they cope with that atmosphere on the other hand you don't want to go the other extreme and get too caught up with the atmosphere to the point where you forget what you're supposed to be doing or forget the discipline of the team. So it's trying to, to strike that balance, which you know, say for young players, and particularly you know when you, as I say, when you look through the team, you know, full of Celtic fans anyway. So it's a big game for them. It's a big game for the families. So it was, it was a really impressive performance, really impressive result. And we mentioned earlier on the back of the, the game here when they when we won five two as well. You know, it was really good and. You can tell, you know, when you've, you've heard Darren or Stephen talking, we're really keen to keep pushing the team in these last few games to finish as strongly as we can. Again, that's part of the philosophy of, of being at this club is to finish the season in your strongest possible form. So that just, you know, that's probably the hardest game they've got in the end of the season and they can come through it with flying colours.
0: Yeah, only a couple of games left for the B team in the, in the Lowland League uh, next week as well, then in the semi-finals at the Glasgow Cup. So they might have an opportunity playing Partick Thistle at Lexington, they may have an opportunity for a, a final and to lift some silverware as well. So all bodes well for them in this last little part of the season for them. In terms of the women's team, Paul, they are on international duty this weekend. They had a 2-0 victory um, against Partick Thistle on the last weekend. On this Sunday... Um, it's actually going to be really interesting for them when they come back. I'm sure we'll touch on it more next week on our, our podcast um, as they come back from their international break. But they've got nine games left in the, the league sorry, eight games left in the league campaign. And when they do come back, they've got three tough games in that week. They've got Glasgow City away, Hearts away in the midweek, and then Glasgow City again
1: in the Scottish Cup semi final. So exciting! Yes, I'm. Pivotal time for them in terms of the season um, They got that you know great 1-1 draw Just the last gasp Equaliser from Caitlin Hayes in the Derby game And then followed that up with a, a 2-0 win Against a much improved Partick Thistle side Who have actually done well over the course of the season In getting into the top six Amy Gallagher got a goal And I'm quite surprised actually That, that she's not been called up for the Scotland squad you know, I think it's a couple of friendly games they've got And I always think those are the opportunities for the international manager to maybe have a look at some of the players that haven't been up for the squad before. Because there'll be players in that squad that he knows exactly what they can do. And her form has been excellent. She's you know, scored more goals than she ever has in, in her career and has been a key figure for us. So, um, I think she would have merited a, a call up to the Scotland set-up. Particularly for Scotland with the fact that it's not like they're preparing for a World Cup
0: later on this year, they didn't qualify. Um, Amy Gallagher's still only 23, 24, around that age. So you'd expect her to be a player that's only going to get better to then improve and then to go into the Scotland fold at some point, you would expect. So I'd completely agree with you about getting her in just now to for Scotland to, to have a look at her, playing games at Hamden as well. And she's only got better and better. Where she's come in from Hibs, um, where she did so well, and then she's also had to take on the mantle of Clarissa Larissa leaving in January. And the team are looking and saying, right, who's going to be the person to grab all the goals? And she's just taking that responsibility on and, and is thriving in it. So I'm sure she'll get there eventually.
1: Yeah. But it's. I mean, you never. It's not that like you would look at the squad and say, you don't want to say, well, she should be in, in instead of such and such a player. Because I think yeah. every player's there on merit. But she's certainly more experienced than some of the players in the squad. She's probably performed better consistently over the course of the season. So, as I say, I was I was surprised that when when the squad was announced, obviously there's there's no Celtic players. Kelly Clark's not been called into the squad this time, but she would have been the, the, the Scottish player for me that's playing with us. That I, I think it would certainly, from an international point of view, been would have been worth having her with the squad to see you know what she's like in and around the, the rest of the team. Yeah, we'll
0: have more of a focus now the seem team next week when they are returning and got that game against Glasgow City to look forward to in that weekend which is going to be a huge crucial game in the race for the title. Um but for now, Paul, that's everything. The the predictions we're going to sit them out online because I had a computer malfunction this
1: morning in which I'm still trying to battle, so hopefully that's fixed for the time I get out there. And you should you should caveat that by saying that actually it's not because you did badly in the predictions you actually did better than normal. So. I did,
0: yeah, I predicted result for the Celtic first team in the Sunday and got a couple other results along the way as well. So, yeah, I can hold my head up high this week. (laughs) Hope I can do the same next week. But, yes, an exciting weekend for everyone involved at Celtic. And hopefully this time next week we have got... uh, Plenty of goals to look back on for us. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Yeah, but for now, thank you very much for listening. You know where to get us on all our podcast channels and Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube as well. So make sure you like and subscribe and follow us on the Celtic View at Celtic View on Twitter. But for now, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully your team wins and we'll see you again next week. well.